Neighborhood Church. To find out more about who we are, go to neighborhoodchurchmn.org. Enjoy the message. everybody. Uh, how's everybody doing after their long weekend? Are we excited to go back to work? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I had a fun weekend. My fridge decided not to work anymore, so all my, all my stuff sitting out on my deck and my dogs, of course, are having a field day with whatever I've got sitting out there, and then it's freezing. So anyways, my name is Nita, and I am just so excited to be here today, and I've been begging and bugging Chris about wanting to talk about this topic, which I feel we probably should have talked about last weekend to help us kind of prepare for the holidays, okay? Because a lot of us um, experience stress when it comes to being around family. A lot of us start to experience more anxiety due to having to be around people or having really difficult conversations where we have to deal with relatives whose viewpoints truly could rub us the wrong way, where you can't wait for these family gatherings to kind of be over with because they can be emotionally exhausting sometimes. So um, when we're in these situations, do you ever feel like you're trying to talk and nobody hears you? Genuinely hearing what it is that you are trying to communicate or even take out the holidays, do you see this happening in conversations with friends or your partner or even coworkers? Are you trying to communicate your own point of view and you feel this anxiety in your body, it starts to rise up because there's so much emotion attached to it? About two years ago, I started on a journey of counseling, and at the time it was called Faith Walking, which is now called Emotionally Focused. And through this whole entire process, it ended up being like a six-month process with Emotionally Focused, um, one of the chapters that really stood out for me was how I could learn how to hear the Holy Spirit in others through dialogue. And because the program had such an impact on my life, I have now coached people through Emotionally Focused, which is a six-month commitment, like four different times. And every time that I get to this chapter, I feel a prompting that I still have a lot of work to do in this area. I always thought of myself as a person who listened to people well. And as I go through and do this work, it really takes a lot to listen to not only other people, but to even try to listen to God, and that I realized that I really wasn't very good at it. Um, I used to show up in my relationships and conversations with others, and my goal was always to prove my point, or that I needed to be right because I thought that I knew more than them. I would consistently interrupt people when they were talking, because what I had to say was more important. And if I did wait until someone was done, I was not fully listening because I was kind of waiting 
to just go at them and give them what it was that I thought. And in that process, I'm, I'm sitting here creating the responses and the words that I'm going to say, and I'm not even listening to what it is that they're trying to communicate. And then a lot of times, I would get myself so worked up about stuff during the conversation that at the end of the day, when I had an opportunity to reflect, I would sit and I'd wonder, okay, why was I not more loving toward them? Or why had I reacted the way that I did? I would become so defensive that there were times that it would create rifts even in my own relationships. So today I want to share some things that I've learned along the way of becoming a better listener. And this is going to be a little challenging, I think, because it's, like I said, I'm still working on this and it's still a challenge for me because there's a lot of times I want to defend myself. Um, I want to share with you how it's changed some of my relationships that I'm involved with and pe with people and even the relationship that I have with Jesus and even my own personal relationship with myself. And trust me when I say, again, that this is a learning process and it takes time and a lot of practice. So my listening skills definitely needed improvement, like I stated, especially with my family and especially with my children. I can recall so many times when I would be in a conversation with my kids or even with my siblings, and my biggest goal was to prove my point. I wanted to be heard, and so in order for that to happen, I felt that I needed to keep going over stuff over and over and over again until they got it. Now I see that my style of communicating and how I did it was pretty aggressive. And over the years, I've come to realize that it stemmed from something a little bit deeper. It had more to do with the fact that as I was growing up, that I really never felt like anybody was listening or would hear me. So I would try to dominate conversations or be the main talker, and then I would walk away thinking, I did pretty good. I got my point across you know, with total disregard for how it may have affected or harmed other people with the words that I was using. I did not leave a room, I did not leave any room for them to disagree with me, or if they tried to add their perspective into the conversation, I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen, not at all. If they tried to even communicate something that I had done to them that would not be nice, I would totally deny it and gaslight. Oh, that's, that's not true. That's not what I've done. I haven't done that. Um, let's see, I would, I would then just walk away if somebody was trying to tell me that there was areas that I needed to improve on or this is what I've done to hurt them. I would get so emotional and so upset. I would get angry and I would try to deny it. I'd get super defensive. And then when I had an opportunity to calm down and I would try to go and talk to somebody again, especially with my kids, I was always wondering why they wouldn't want to talk to me. Well, it was because I was not very approachable. So, and this, this style of communicating, I didn't only do this with my family. I, I found that I was also doing it in other areas of my life too. Um, when I would be at work, if I was told that there were things that I needed to improve on, uh, and it could have been, they could have been communicating it very well. I would get extremely defensive and want to defend why it was that I was doing what I was doing at that time. And so instead of truly listening to what they had to say, giving me honest feedback, 
uh, that did not need to be taken personally, I would get angry and then I would feel hurt. And then I would start making meetings out of something that really wasn't even there. And I would also practice this when it came up regarding my own prejudice or the fact that I was a racist. I can remember um, when we were offering the class Whiteness 101 and some people of color were talking about some situations and how they felt in certain circumstances, I would try my darndest to try to defend how I was a good person and how, no, there's no way that I could be. So instead of me being willing to sit in whatever it was they were trying to communicate, I would try to defend my way of thinking and what it was that I was doing. So I have finally learned that every conversation where someone may disagree with me does not have to be a debate. It can be an opportunity for open dialogue. And this is what I mean by um, dialogue versus a debate. Showing up with a posture of dialogue is characterized by a personal conviction that is combined with humility and a desire to learn from those who see things differently. It is a way to approach a conversation where we have an opportunity to reflect God's character in the ways that we do show up during that conversation. Us reflecting God's character is just as important as the ideas that we are exchanged that we are exchanging during a conversation. If we truly take the time to wholeheartedly listen to what a person is trying to tell us, our posture then turns into becoming an earnest listener, where we see that they bring value and they bring worth to the conversation. There can even be times when we can hear God speaking to us through people if we are engaging with them in this manner. Our goal should be to understand what it is that they are trying to say as well as being understood when we speak. At times when we listen to what others have to say, we are looking for holes to collect evidence against them or weaknesses in their position, and we will use it to counterattack because whatever they may be sharing can create anxiety within us. And this for me has happened a ton of times where I am just constantly in a defensive mode and want to find ways to prove myself right. So what I learned is to become in tuned to what it is that I'm experiencing in my anxiety. One of the things that my um, counselor had, had suggested is when you are in a conversation with somebody, how is your body responding? Do you clutch your jaw? Do you feel this heaviness within your chest? Try to really become in tune and aware as to how your body does respond when you're having a conversation that might be a little on the tense side. Another thing is, does my voice change? Does my tone get a little bit higher pitched? Do I start to become louder and want to scream? You know, I come from an Italian family. So whenever somebody has something that they want to share and has a point to make, our voices get louder. So that's kind of something that I have become very, very in tune to. Some new strategies that I use to counter my anxiety, which prevents me from fully listening, are two things that I try to do. I try to do active listening or active reflection and asking questions. So I have found that when I am engaging now in a conversation, I need to show up being curious, which is super important. So active reflection, 
looks like repeating back what someone says. It can be, this is what I've heard you say, is that accurate? Or, so what I'm understanding what you are trying to say is, and then you repeat back whatever it was that you just heard. Um, this allows the other person to become more clear in what it is that they may be trying to communicate because a lot of times people can try to talk to us and we might be hearing something and making a meaning out of it that they may not even be trying to do. So it's a great way to diffuse anxiety. It's a great way to kind of lower any kind of energy that may not be very positive at the time. The other part of fully listening is asking questions. And this can be hard, especially if you're not listening. So that's why it's super important to listen. Um, it opens this door for us to become curious about a person and what they think and feel about a particular topic or a situation. And some questions can be, how did your experience lead you to what you're saying? What stories can you tell me that can help me understand why it is that you see it that way? What other information can you share that can help me understand your perspective? I have also found that when I'm in these moments, asking these questions may have a lot of anxiety attached to it. And so when I'm asking the questions, it kind of brings down that level of anxiety a bit. When we are engaged with others, our goal should be to try to gain understanding of the person that we're talking with. I've also tried to remind myself that everyone brings life experiences to the table that I may not fully be aware of or even understand. And so this allows a conversation to go to a level of vulnerability and trust because we're taking the time to truly hear what this person has to say. It opens up a door to learn from others because again, I have to constantly remind myself that there are times that I do not know what I do not know. I don't know everything and I do not have all the answers sometimes. So this could be a great opportunity for me to actually learn something instead of always thinking that I have the answer. Once the other person feels that they've been deeply heard, or at least I have found this in my conversations, and I experience a lot of this deep listening here in this community, especially with Chris and Nikki, where there's been a lot of um, reflection and they always ask questions and they're curious and when I first started out in this community and they did it like that, I was kind of taken aback. But what it does is it actually brings me to me and it helps me to discover some things that maybe I didn't know about myself as they continue to ask these questions. Um, we can start saying things like, thank you for allowing me to see what you see and it's okay to share. Let me back up. When you've, you've done listening to whatever it is that the person has said, and it seems like they've kind of finished, then I think the next step is, is that we have an opportunity then to share our point of view, which is, I think, just as important because we're not doing this active listening just to hear one side or one story. We also have a part in this conversation. So asking that question of, are you okay with me sharing what, what I think about this? It's, it's, not that we're doing this to set a record straight or to point out whatever it is that they've said that might be wrong, but it's more of trying to express your feelings, your perspective, and saying what is so for you.
The goal is to be humbled and defined as we share our point of view. And this can be very, very hard, especially if it's conversations with people that you know immediately bring anxiety to the table for you. So my suggestion would be is, is that if you're truly wanting to become a better listener, start practicing this with somebody that you feel that you can trust and be vulnerable with. Um, for, me, this, uh, for me, this can be easier to do when I'm coaching people. Because like I said, I've been coaching people for the last couple of years, four or five different times, and I don't know these people. Um, it's a phone call, there's no, there's no Zoom, there's no body language that I have to read or anything like that. And so I immediately, when I'm coaching, know that I have to go into a situation and start asking questions and to, to fully listen and to be curious. Where I have a difficulty is doing this with my family or with my friends, more so my family, I think, than anything else. Um, let's see, I kind of lost myself here. My daughter Jillian, I think, is a great example of how there are times that I wasn't really listening to her. Um, and she would stop talking to me, you know? And her and I now work together. And so we're sitting in the office one day and she is telling me a story about an experience that she had with another person the night before. And I'm sitting there on my computer and I'm doing the, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. And then my friend Marie walks in, and Damarie's asking her questions. And then Jillian, I, I'm like, well, what are you talking about? She goes, Mom, you were not listening to anything that I said. And so typically I would get defensive and be like, I was too listening. I heard you say this, and I heard you say that. But I actually had to stop and pause, completely quit doing what it was that I was doing, and apologize and just be like, okay, I'm all yours. Let's go ahead and, and tell me what it is that you, you want to talk to me about. There are times that I actually have to practice this not only with other people but with myself. Um, I know that I can't really do active reflection with myself, even though maybe I can because I have a tendency to talk to myself a lot and answer. <laughs> so maybe I can do that. But um, definitely inquiring about why I'm feeling what I'm feeling in the moment. I may be having an emotional day and feeling some feels that are running rampant. I can feel the anxiety welling up in myself and all I wanna do in those moments is cry or in my classic autopilot form, if somebody that is a family member or I'm close to comes around, I will just lash out on them. So now what I have to do is I have to pause and just start asking myself questions. Why are you feeling this way right now? Does it really have to do with the situation you're in in this current moment, or does it stem from a conversation that I had with somebody that might still be lingering? Where do I think this anxiety is coming from? And what experiences might be linked to it? This is when I find for myself that journaling is super helpful. That way then I can ask myself these questions, write them out, and then I can go back and always review it and see, okay, did I learn anything from this experience with myself? There could be times, too, that all I need to do is, is really truly listen and go home and take a nap or have a day off because 
we are human and we get worn out. I find that um, listening also applies to my relationship with God. And I grew up, um, well, I, I shouldn't say grew up, but I was a part of a community where maybe asking questions, hard questions of God, really wasn't what we were supposed to do, you know? Um, now, I, my, my, my view and my relationship with God is changed quite a bit. And there are so many times that I can show up and I'm just feeling spiritually drained and I don't understand why. And I, like I said, I have this history of certain ways that I'm allowed to communicate with the divine. But there's always something that will like come to mind. It could be a story in the Bible or a verse. And in this instance, it's a story about Elijah and how he went out. And this is in the Old Testament in 1 Kings 19, how he went out and he did all these good things for God. And then he just got to a point where he was just exhausted. And he kept trying to show up and trying to communicate with God. And he kept expecting God to show up in certain ways. And so he thought that God was going to show up as an earthquake, and he didn't. And he thought that God was going to show up as fire, and he didn't. And then he thought that God was going to show up through the wind, and he didn't. And then come to find out that God just shows up in a whisper. And so how might God be whispering to you? Are you taking moments and opportunities to just pause and to really listen to what the divine might be trying to communicate to you? As I end, I want to encourage you to take the time to truly try to listen in the areas that you feel that you're being led in. If it is with others, try to fully engage with them by putting your phone down or stopping what you're doing and make eye contact. To be present is what the person is, to be present to what the person is trying to communicate and say to you. To try to gain not only understanding, but even some knowledge from their experience. And to not be afraid to sit in things that may be uncomfortable to hear, but to fully be present. I think that that has been one of my biggest growth things, is because I like to defend myself. Sometimes when somebody has to communicate something to us that might be hard to hear, we just got to sit in it. Sometimes we just have to sit in that pain. If it is trying to learn how to listen to yourself, do a check-in. How you're doing? Where are you at? Why are you experiencing the feelings that you feel? To become present and to be unafraid of who you really are. Go for a hike. Take a day off and take a nap. Do the things and look for ways that you can take better care of yourself. With God, ask the questions. Don't be afraid to ask the questions. Be curious. He really is a great listener. And he wants to have a relationship with each and every one of us. So don't be afraid to ask the hard questions that you feel that there's times that Maybe I shouldn't be asking this because it's God. He knows our heart, and he wants to listen to us. I believe that if we want to encounter God as God truly is, as opposed to a comfortable version of God, 
that we have created in our own image, we must be open to learn from others, to make the time to fully listen and to be curious. Uh, thank you for joining us today, you guys, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.